I've got one more. I just got one more quick D and D related question for you guys. Um, have you have you guys heard of the Mind Goblins? I have not. No. Mind Goblin D's nuts. Welcome to another fun, fun episode of Here's a Guy. Uh, this is Alex coming to you from St. Louis, as always. And, uh, I mean, look, we may as well just get right into the the elephant in the room here. Well, first, let me let me, let me me go around and you introduce mean Freddy? my... Uh, <laughs> well, look, that's not nice. No, it's fine. He loves, <laughs> Freddy, Freddy loves being a big fat guy, so there's really you really can't insult him with it. It's he's, his favorite it, thing it's in the world. It's not even that he's... It's not even that Freddy is extraordinarily fat. He's just huge yeah and he's fat um both things <laughs> yeah. are true he, he's moderately fat but his his structure is such that he was going to be a very large cat yeah. anyway he's built like a freddy, cow freddy is a bodybuilder yep. who's also going through a bulking phase right now like he's just built on fat on built yeah he's cultivating mass <laughs> so my my other two co-hosts uh we got our usual lineup this week um We've got my older brother Cody coming to us from Illinois. We've got Jack John coming to us from Indianapolis. Um, <clears throat> so look, last week, I, 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 if you follow us on Twitter, you saw some illusions as to what happened, and the only thing you can really do is laugh. So we had our friend Pookie to um, step in for Jack John. And, uh, yeah, it was great to have him back on. He hadn't been on in quite a few weeks, and it was his first time being on as the third man. Uh, it was it was a four-man collective the last time he was on, and we had a great time. We were really excited to release the episode. I go to edit, and um, what do you know? It, none of my audio got picked up. So there were just long stretches of nothing, and just, and just Cody and Pookie talking. And it was unfixable. It was a problem that could not be noticed until it was far too late. Nonetheless, I felt absolutely terrible. <laughs> not only did not get to release an episode, but Pookie was nice enough to join us. Um, and, uh, you know, just absolutely nothing came of it. The, the exception being what, what you heard in the cold open to this episode um, and what I'm going to title the episode in honor of. What I think may have been the greatest moment in Here's a Guy history... And thankfully, enough was left over to salvage it. So, so thank you to Pookie for joining us. Um, he, he, it's very rare to get both Cody and I in one bit, but he, he sure did on that one. And let me tell you, fans of Pookie um, that are also fans of this show, be not afraid because we not only plan to have him back on this show as soon as we possibly can, we are also, as we'll talk about a little more when we hawk our shit later on, uh, currently doing some really fun shit with Pookie on Twitch. True. And uh, we anticipate doing another installment of that uh, before too awful long here. So if you want more Pookie slash here's a guy content, you don't have long to wait. And also listen to the Belchcast, um, which 
we may be uh, appearing on at some point in the near future as well, but that remains to be seen. But that being said, I, I know it was not my fault. I mean, I fixed the issue earlier. It, it was just completely random, but still, I felt truly awful for pretty much everybody involved. I felt awful in every way I could. It really sucked. Um, it, but, you know, not just a Pookie and us, but I felt bad for, your, for, for you listeners. Um, to go a week for completely, you know, ridiculous reasons, I felt bad about that. But if there's one thing that I hope you've all taken away from this, um, I care about the listeners, and I care about entertaining them. And since we had to go a week um, with no episode... I have now prepared to make it up to all of you. Um, I have a bit I'm going to be doing here. Um, and uh, I didn't even tell Cody and Jack John I was going to be doing this. This is a surprise to them as well. Um, oh, boy. And um, so, you two, you see what I got? You see what I got here? This little thing here? That is fucking disgusting, whatever it is. What this is, guys. Oh, Ophiocordyceps unilateralis, or you may know it by its um, colloquial name, the zombie ant fungus. Doesn't sound good. This is a fungus. Man, that must have cost some cash. That shit's hard to get. Don't ask me how I got it. Um, it was not through legitimate means. I didn't. Thankfully, I knew a guy. Um, I, I had a fungus guy, and uh, not that. <laughs> you know, not even that kind it of. It was fungus Raul guy. Cano. So what this, what this fungus is most known for is taking over the bodies of, of ants and very quickly um, taking over their brain and turning them into a zombie used to spread the fungus. What I'm going to be doing here live on air, I am going to consume one of these fungi um, in hopes that this act of goodwill to our listeners will smooth things over. So um, Now, let me just say before you consume that fungus that when I suggested we take mushrooms on the recording sometime, this is not exactly what I meant. But this might actually even be a better bet, so who knows? Well, I'm not going to do honestly, that. That's illegal. Honestly, as, as a friend and ally to Pookie, this seems fair. Yeah. So, so here we go, folks. Mm -hmm. yeah. I will be eating the zombie ant fungus live on air. Get it out of this nice handy wrapper. It was nice for them to gift wrap it for you. Really was. Really good production value, honestly. No, it doesn't taste too bad. Kind of lemony. Interesting. Yeah. Well, all right. How uh, you feeling? You know, I don't. I don't feel too bad. Not really noticing anything yet. Um, I am kind of thirsty though. I, I I'm gonna go get a glass of water. I'll be right back. Yeah, that's fine. We'll uh, we'll entertain the children. Yeah. Um. So, so Cody, while it was gone, like, what did you guys do last Well, I mean, we did, uh, so spoiler alert, Alex and I are doing the same topics that we did last week, because you don't know the hook of, of either of them yet. And uh, Pookie actually felt, well, you know what, I don't know if I want to give away what Pookie did, because he might be doing it, that same topic, the next time he comes back. I like that. Sounds, sounds like it was a really good productive week. It's unfortunate. Oh. Holy shit. That was, that was the craziest fucking thing. It was horrible. It hurt so bad and I just I blacked out and then, I don't know, I woke up and I saw something scampering off into the, into the background. It was, I, th I think it was a fungus, but it, it looked just like me. And it, like, it, it, it slithered down the sink and I, I feel like I should probably call someone 
about this, but I, I don't know who. <laughs> Holy shit. Who do you call for a who do you call for a fungus homunculus? I don't know. Is it the Ghostbusters? Is that their jurisdiction? I don't know if there's a number for this. Oh my god. Well, the important thing is I'm alright. Um Maybe maybe for you. That uh uh well I hope that made it up to all of you. Um, but we will we'll probably not be doing that again. Oh my god. Alright, but the show must go on. Um so anyway, last week, uh, if that little fungus guy busts back into the room while we're recording, we're gonna have to break again, and I'm gonna be very upset. <sighs> I just, just want to say, how are we so sure that we're actually talking to the real Alex and not fungus Alex? Hey, hey come on, come on, guys, <laughs> we're all having a good time. Uh, Jack John, you were uh, you were gone last <laughs> week. Um, what were you doing? Yeah, I uh, I took a trip uh, with my wife to to New York City. Got to uh, visit uh, some of our relatives, uh, taking some sights. I got to go to the Met, which was super awesome. Uh, got real yeah, cultured, okay. watched some art, uh, checked out some breweries. Really, really just became Jack, 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 Jack. No, 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 no. I'm uh, look. I know no, we I'm, had I'm this discussion Jack, earlier, Jack, but you know that I, like Alex, care deeply about our fans. Right. Too much <laughs> clearly to allow you to lie to them. And I know that you told me that we were just going to roll with you went to New York. But, um, folks, I again, I care about our listeners too much to lie to you. So if Jack John won't do it, I'm going to do oh, it. No, I'll, I'll lie to the viewers. I, I have no problem lying to them. I thought that's what we were doing. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're trying to no, make no, it no, up no. to everybody this week. We need to be we need to be open and honest. Yeah. So. Um, Jack John was on a trip after a fashion, but it was not to New York City, and it was not for the purpose of culture. See, all of our banana discourse had gotten Jack so worked up about the nature and origin of the bananas that we're eating that he actually took it upon himself to take a trip down to a banana plantation in Mexico. Yeah, well, it was meant to be purely and educational. Where he should have realized that this was going to be uh, a poor idea was anyone who knows Jack John knows that you don't let him in do a build of bananas. Because, I mean, the factory regulations down there are negligible. They yeah. are just, there's banana peels lying all over the floor. Right. So our intrepid fact finder bursts in to the building where they are uh, messing with these bananas immediately slips on like 40 different banana peels, falls yeah. down a flight of stairs, lands in a bucket of Mexican water, immediately contracts Montezuma's revenge. Also, I should mention his pants fell off yeah, while he was I, flying down, yeah, the, uh, I, I heard down his, the stairs. I heard his pants fell down and he farted, and he and like there were a bunch of girls there. Well, and so I mean, yeah, <laughs> farted's oh, no. one way to put it, because remember, he's got, uh, he's got Mexican parasites in him now. So... Um, from what I heard, it was just the floodgates opened out of every possible orifice. I think you had stuff coming out your pores somehow. Yeah. But anyway, last week when we recorded, Jack was not in New York City, but in a hospital in Mexico City uh, wearing a diaper and in traction. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where Jack's been. But we're so glad you're back. We're glad you're feeling better. I will say all of that is 100% factual, except for one uh, detail. Uh, I, I mixed up my flight. I didn't actually get to Mexico. Instead, I accidentally raided an actual Banana Republic store. Oh no! Well, then where did all well, the that doesn't in, where did, if, if the where did all the diarrhea sites don't induce vomiting? That will. Where did all the diarrhea come from then? What was that all about? Oh no, the diarrhea was still mine. Uh, oh, 
Minerva just slot. Uh, no, he he just drank too much the night before. <laughs> <laughs> call that so, Wednesday. Can, can I show? So the other day, um, on Sunday, I was at the St. Louis Art Museum. Um, our 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 cousin had a graduation party there, and so we went. And um, when I went to get back into my car in the parking lot, there was no joke a banana peel on the ground next to my car, and like. Somebody did this on purpose, right? Dude, littering is irresponsible enough, but that is the most irresponsible kind of littering because that is the thing you slip on when you want to hurt yourself. That's yeah. been established in cartoons since the 30s. I didn't slip on it. My pants didn't fall down. Um, <laughs> I managed to avoid that fate. Um, but it was very close. Very close to my life ending because you can't come back from that. No, no, you cannot. Um, well, look. Unless you're Jack John. <clears throat> yes. The important thing where we're getting with all of this is that we care deeply about all of our listeners and uh, we're, we're, we're just happy to have all of us back here and healthy, so to speak. Um, uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're excited to be back with you. We want to we want to get back on the regular course. Last week was terrible. I um, uh, hope to never have that much of a disappointment again with the show. Um, but we haven't done our topics. It might happen again this week. <laughs> yeah, we it might happen again this week if that fungus you ate uh, turns you into goo man from Return of the Living Dead halfway through this recording. Look, well, uh, all I'm saying is I think there's maybe a bit of a stigma against being a fungus guy. I mean, what's the problem, really? I mean, wouldn't you kind of like to, you know, w- wouldn't you kind of like to, to have a fungus, you know, take it? There's no worries involved. And, you know, if you want to try, I have some left, you know. And if anybody wants to try, I have some left. In fact, I'd encourage you all to. Swear to God, I'm punching whoever makes the fun guy joke here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm just thinking you sound a lot like uh, you still sound a lot like Raul Cano, our our previous <laughs> fungus guy topic. I got I got one, Jack John. Here's a fun guy. Oh, I'm I'm still punching you, but that was good. And you know, a, a, a sign of how good of a friend Pookie is. I have committed to what the episode title is, and it's from. His quote, otherwise, here's a fun guy, would be be our episode title this week. But we made a promise. And so um, we'll we'll uphold that promise, and uh, we'll uphold our usual promise as well, which is that, um, you know, we're not here to, to, you know, consume parasitic fungus or talk about what Jack did down in Mexico or or, uh, profusely apologize. We're here to talk about some guys. Damn it. Last week, we talked about guys, and it was all for naught. And I'm ready to get back ready to get back talking to guys in a way that counts. Um, so let's get right into it. Jack John, can you help me out, please? Yeah, I think I remember it. It's, uh, the guys. You know, Pookie did a really nice rendition of that last week, and, um, I mean, I have the audio of it. I guess maybe I can use it sometime, but. You just dub over me, except it's just Pookie every time. See if you can get it in harmony. <laughs> Become a music producer. Ooh. Yeah, maybe we like should a, we should send uh, the clip. Or... We should send the clips to our friend Greenberg. See if he can do something with them. Oh, in, in oh Greenberg, god! I can imagine being... what kind of wizardry wizardry he would do with that. And and shout out to Greenberg, who has literally produced the music for every fucking project I've ever done. Uh, yeah. This theme, the Belchcast theme, and the Here's an Adventure theme. So shout out to Greenberg. Absolutely. So I'm up first this week. And um, I, I told this story last week, and it is quite the story, so I, I, I can't in good conscience scrap it. But also, Jack John, of course, was not here last week, so he doesn't know what this story is. 
and I haven't told him what the hook is going to be. So for, for Cody, this is going to be reliving it a bit. Um, for Jack John, this is all going to be brand new, and I'm, I'm excited to see what his thoughts are about how all of this plays out. Um, that terrifies me deeply. It should. For this story, we return to the world of the Gold Rush era American West. Um, in part because, not to be cute with it, but it is, uh, that era was a gold mine for guys. Boo. Gold mine for guys. You're not going to be able to tell this story to me because I'm going to leave now. Gonna have to eat another fungus. Um. (laughs) Just gonna add a fungus. Yeah, because you know what'll make things better? Having five more fungus homunculi running around. (laughs) So, uh, previously I'd talked about Josiah Whitney, a man whose greatest crime was being very annoying. If only that could be said for my guy today. I'm talking about Alfred Packer, a true icon of the Wild West for all the wrong reasons. Alfred, so we should probably clarify before we go any further that this is this is not Alfred Packer. No. This is A-L-F-E-R-D, Alfred Packer. Alfred Packer. Which I guess Horrible he just, name. his parents Off to just, a bad start. They must just... His parents must just have been from the Midwest, and that's how they pronounced it, and they thought that's how it was spelled. <laughs> well, funny you say that. Alfred was born in 1842, grew up in Pennsylvania, so kind of that, that you know, sort of that between area from the Mid-Atlantic and the, and the Midwest, where you get a little bit of both. And also, his he didn't best... get along with his parents. <laughs> Maybe that was why. His, his, his brother, Washington, uh, didn't yeah. do much better in school. <laughs> that, now, that's clever. You know, did, do I... my mom, who can't pronounce that word. Do any of you say Warsh at all? I've never heard no. either of you. There My is no. There is one instance in which I do. And just to clarify, I say wash. I say washer, including the little metal round things are washers, but the game you yes. play with them is washers. It just is. Mm. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's washers. It's washers. Proper Midwest. So Alfred, he grew up in Pennsylvania, born in 1842. I didn't get along with his family, and so he didn't feel particularly attached to that region. He moved to Minnesota as a young man. Um, his big problem consistently throughout his life, he suffered from pretty significant epilepsy. He said seizures every couple days. And this was back in an era where, you know, whatever treatment you got for that was not going to be very good. I'm sure we can. Yeah. It um, either like comatose you or it just didn't work. Or they gave you zombie ant fungus. So in 1862, Alfred enlists in the Union Army. Eight months later, he's honorably discharged because of his medical condition. He moves down to Iowa and actually re-enlists in 1863, then was discharged again ten months later for the same reason. I mean, bless this guy's heart, all he wanted to do was go shoot some Confederates, but his health would not allow it. Um, You know, typically people that really want to join the military, I'm a little down on. But if the people you really want to kill are Confederates, yeah. okay. It's like really wanting to fight the Nazis. I, yeah. I will allow you your violent suburban fantasies for, for that group. Look, if your goal in life is to scalp some Nazis, who am I to tell you? So after the war, uh, he does what a lot of Midwesterners did. He moved west with the hopes for a more prosperous life. But also, like many other Midwesterners, uh, he did not in fact find that out west. He bounced from job to job, from territory to territory. He could never hold down any honest work. Uh, Health was one issue, but also, supposedly, he was a real asshole. Um, Unpleasant to be around, untrustworthy, stole from people. Just nobody liked the guy. Um, Something in particular to note 
Everyone who knew him seemed to agree on this. He was a near pathological liar. That's what everybody said. Something to 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 something to put away in your brain for later. Um, Is this a hold that thought for yeah. for something we did not quite express the the proper <laughs> amount of of anger towards? I I am holding that I am holding that thoughting myself for this one. <laughs> okay. Also, you notice a trend among here's a guy topics. <laughs> as far as uh, how these people's relationship with the truth. <laughs> they all hate Paul Pierce. <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, Rimshot. Yeah. <laughs> Did you come up with that from your bed, banana boy? <laughs> yes. So November 1873, um, a bunch of guys hear about a big gold strike near Breckenridge, Colorado. One of them, named Bob McGrew, he rallies a group of 20 or so men to head out from Salt Lake City, Utah, to Breckenridge. The men, for the most part... That is, I'm assuming, the, is, I'm assuming the first of many wonderful Old Westy names. Um, there are going to be a, a few, yes. There's one, I, I there's love one in particular, me a Bob McGrew. There's one in particular <laughs> I like a lot that we're going to get to pretty shortly. Um, they, the men, for the most part, didn't know each other too well, and they also didn't know the terrain of Colorado. But they heard there was tons of gold there, and that was enough for them. So about 25 miles into the journey, they encounter Alfred Packer. Packer looked pretty downtrodden. He had no money and very few supplies. But he explained to the party that he could be their guide if they brought him along, because he knew that area of Colorado as well. The party agreed to let him join, but unfortunately for them, Packer was lying about this. He had no idea what the terrain of Colorado was like. Um... <clears throat> he go ahead, Jack. I was the, the terrain of Colorado, dry and fucking mountains. Yes, I yeah. don't think it takes much to notice that. Well, the point well, was you got to know where the mountains are specifically, though. Is the thing. Well, the point was he need they needed someone tall. who they needed someone who knew how to get to Breckenridge. Packer yeah. claimed that he did when in fact he did not, which is yeah. you know a, a bit of a problem. <clears throat> okay. So he meshed with the group about as well as you would expect, which is to say, not at all. Uh, they all hated him, he said he was super lazy, he hoarded supplies, he squabbled with the other party members constantly. Um, one member of the party, and uh, here is your excellent random side character name of my segment, Preston Nutter. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I refuse. Preston Nutter. I refuse. Heir to the Nutter Butter Preston fortune. Nutter. Preston Nutter sounds like the... Uh, kind of prissy kid in elementary school who always told the teacher about everything. It's like Randall from Recess. <laughs> That's what Preston Nutter gives me, that kind of vibe. Preston Nutter sounds like a truck stop, like a guy at a truck stop telling you that he masturbated last night. Yeah, Preston Nutter. <laughs> okay, so um, two things I want to address really quickly. First of all, you couldn't see it, but uh, Alex just did a fantastic physical impression yes. of Randall from Recess. <laughs> One of the all-time great character how designs. Is this yeah. our, how is this our first Recess reference on the podcast? I can't believe I we is. went that long. That's very yeah. strange. Yeah. I did a Recess rewatch during the pandemic, and uh, holds up. It's excellent. Thing. Yes. So, um, Preston Nutter... <laughs> um, <laughs> He described Alfred Packer as a, quote, whining fraud. <laughs> that's that's short, sweet, and probably 100% accurate. A great combination of words. 
he, Do you think uh, he would go as far as to say this guy really wamps? Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes. He also, uh, so Packer also, surprise, surprise, was not a very good guide. Pro progress was slow going, winter's gradually starting to set in. More and more snow is building up along the mountainous terrain. Packer is clearly out of his element. Supplies are starting to run out, and eventually they get lost entirely. Men are having to eat horse feed to sustain themselves, and if they go on much longer this way, the horses will have to come next. On January 21st, 1874, much to the relief of the horses, the party catches a massive break. They come across a Native American encampment, which... Oh, no. Which, that wasn't necessarily a break for 20 haggard white men in the Old West, but luckily for yeah. them, luckily for them, this happened to be the encampment of Chief Ure. Ure was a Ute chief known for being an incredibly reasonable and peaceful leader, even to the white man. He was involved in numerous successful treaty negotiations with the U.S. government, was helpful to outsiders. He was truly one of the most important native figures during this time, and they just happened to wander right into his camp. The one white I know I have, could have found. Yeah. I've heard a little bit about this guy before. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're just looking for a fascinating historical topic to read on your own time, absolutely look this guy up. Super cool story. So Ure, he takes them in as, as his guests, and he provided the party with food and shelter. Um, he also offered them some sage advice, that they should wait there until spring comes around, because it was too dangerous to continue across the area in the wintry conditions. Because they're in the fucking mountains in January. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah, that's very sensible. <laughs> it seemed yeah. like it seemed like they'd stumbled into a perfect situation here. Yeah. But unfortunately... Donner, party of two. Donner, party of two. <laughs> but unfortunately, the gold rush west was not a time of reason. It was a time of arrogance. And what the men were concerned about mostly was... Um, that if they waited for spring, they would lose out on the gold strikes, and surely tons of people were descending on it then. You know how you lose out on the gold strike even more? Dying? By being fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> so after a couple weeks, the party, they get together, they decide that 11 of the men, one of whom was Packer, would depart and would continue the track while the rest remained at the encampment. So the plan was that they would stop at the Los Pinos Indian Agency to rest up, and then they would head straight for Breckenridge. So Ure, he gave him a few supplies, and he offered some directions that he knew that would bypass the mountain path. He said that would be a lot easier going. Packer, though, had different ideas, insisting that he knew a more direct passable route that went straight through the mountains. So he convinced five of the men to come with him, while the other five would follow Ure's directions. Imagine the Native Americans all there are just like shaking their head and going, I don't give a fuck if you die, actually. Yeah, like these are the <laughs> stupidest white people we have ever encountered, and think of the ground that covers. Look, we gave you the tools. Figure it out yourself. Not holding so, your hand. Well, so I have the power of today's hindsight, but isn't Breckenridge a town in the fucking mountains? <clears throat> it may be. Like, this is... I don't know. We, I we... think there's a lot of mountains around it. I think it's kind of like Aspen. Like, it, it, the town itself skiing, might not be like... in the middle of the mountains, but it yeah. is a mountainous area of Colorado. We have an yeah. occasional listener from Denver. Maybe they'll maybe they'll help us out with this. Yes. Um, I used to live in Colorado. I should know more about the fucking geography yeah, that's true. of it, other than just mountains. You used to live everywhere, though. That's true. That is true. So, you should be a geography whiz. I don't know shit about shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, on one hand, you did live everywhere. On on the other hand, you did live in Rantoul for a while, which I think 
I think undid any progress. (laughs) It's a total. It's a total system reset for your brain. You just walk into the town and immediately just lose every bit of knowledge you've ever gained. (laughs) You have to be taught how to walk again. Living in Rantoul for a lot of my like youth uh, set me so many negative points that I'm still digging out of that hole. So let's start with a group that did follow Ure's directions. They did run out of food. They did nearly freeze and starve to death, but they got bailed out when they were uh, found along the trail by cowhands uh, from a government ranch who let them stay with them until April came around. As for Packer's group, they vanished somewhere in the San Juan Mountains, not to be heard from again until two months later on April 16th, when an even more haggard-looking Alfred Packer emerges from the woods and stumbles into the Los Pinos Indian Agency. He's alone. He carried a rifle, a knife, a steel coffee pot, and a little satchel with with some items in it. So, yes, Jack. So he, after two months, he went back to where he started. No, the, the Los Pinos Indian Agency is, like, past. It's beyond the path. Oh, okay. That that was going to be, oh, like, their okay. checkpoint. Um, okay, gotcha. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I was following how yes. stupid this was. As far as I know, they did not uh, encounter Chief Uray again. Um, but yeah, he, he just comes stumbling out of the mountains into the Indian Agency. Um, the men there, they nurse Packer back to health over the next week. Packer tells the men that um, what had happened was his companions had abandoned him. He'd survived the last couple months with very little food until finally he found his way through. Now, the men at the agency, they found this story a bit odd. See, they'd encountered lost wanderers before. And for someone who claimed to have survived two months in the cold and snow, eating only rosebuds and the occasional squirrel, he wasn't nearly as thin and frail as you would expect him to be. <laughs> but they let Must Packer... Must have had some real fat squirrels. But they let Packer stay nonetheless until ten days later when Packer told them he decided... He was just going to pack up and go back home to Pennsylvania. Um, Not only was he done with this adventure, he was done with the West entirely. So he sold the rifle for $10, then headed to the nearby town of Seguache to buy some supplies for his journey. Seguache is where things really unraveled for Packer. He stayed at Dolan's Saloon, where the owner Larry Dolan claimed Packer spent $100, and had even offered to lend someone $300. Witnesses also stated Packer spent $78 at the general store. And at that time, I cannot imagine how much shit $78 would buy you. I couldn't spend $78 at a Dollar General today. What the fuck is he buying? The store? So he was just in Seguache for a few days just dicking around and spending money. But what's more, Packer encountered some old acquaintances. The men who had stayed behind at Ure's camp, including Preston Nutter. So Packer told them the same story and added that he had sold the rifle that had been given to him by party member Israel Swan. Another good name. Nutter, he also found all this a little bit hard to believe. Not only that the men would do that to Packer, but like they only had a couple of guns. If they did abandon Packer, why would they leave a rifle with him rather than keep it to help themselves? Nutter also recognized the knife Packer had on him as belonging to another party member, Frank Miller. So Nutter already didn't like Packer just from having been around him for more than than a couple minutes. And he didn't buy this story for a second. He confronted Packer. He threatened him with a hanging, demanding to know the truth. But Packer stuck by his story. So by this point, the first group um, had left the government ranch and they'd made it to Los Pinos. The folks there relayed their experience um, involving Alfred Packer. 
that group also didn't buy a word of the story, and they convinced the general there, a guy by the name of Charles Adams, to investigate the situation. So Adams sent an officer, sent an officer to go question Packer at Saguache. Um, the officer found Packer, um, lied to him, told him they were organizing a search party for the missing men, and that they needed his help. So Packer, he was reluctant. He didn't completely fall for this, but he probably understood that if he didn't go with them, Preston Nutter was liable to just hunt him down and take matters into his own hands. It had gotten that bad. You don't want you don't want Preston Nutter coming after you. No, no, you do not. I don't know what he's going to do, but it's really going to suck. So Packer, he's brought to Los Pinos, and the jig was up. General Adams demanded that he tell the truth. At first, Packer like feigned concern for the men's well-being. He was like, "Oh no." They, 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 you still haven't found them? Oh, no, I'm so worried. That's so terrible. Didn't work. Um, Adams, uh, he sent men to get statements from people in Saguache about what he'd been doing there. They returned with statements from the locals about all the money that he'd spent. Simultaneous to this, two Ute tribesmen arrived at Los Pinos carrying pieces of human flesh that they'd found in the mountains nearby. This was the breaking point for Packer, who finally agreed to confess. So Packer's story... He said that conditions had gotten worse than expected. They ran out of food and hunting was not proving to be fruitful. And he noticed everyone starting to look at each other in a very weird way. One day he'd gone out to hunt, returned empty-handed, but he noticed four of the men had killed Israel's swan and were butchering his meat to eat him. Desperate and afraid, even though he didn't want to, he joined in and he ate some of Israel's swan. He said things continued to deteriorate from there. The other men, as they continued on, one by one began killing each other off until finally it was just Packer and Shannon Bell. They swore an oath to each other. They weren't going to they weren't going to suffer the same fate until one morning Bell broke his promise, attacked Packer. Packer shot him in self-defense, butchered him, ate as much as he could, gathered up the supplies and carried on until finally he made his way out of the mountains. That was his story. What are our thoughts? Uh-huh. <laughs> I will say in terms of like all right, someone's got to get eaten. I've never eaten a swan, but I imagine it's got a pretty good meat on it. Well, and swans are, are dicks. And I'm sorry yeah, if you hear yeah, some noise exactly. in the background. One of the uh, one of the neighborhood cats has made her way to the window and is uh, 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 trying to, to have a word with me. So, <laughs> hi. How are you doing, Doof? Freddy's going to handle oh, it. Oh, is it Doofus? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, my my... Here's the first thing I notice. Yes. Whenever somebody gets busted for cannibalism, they always make sure to stress that it wasn't my idea. Yeah. It wasn't my idea to eat this guy. I just happened to be there and it was all we had. At least some of the time, that's got to be bullshit. Yeah. Well, I'll say the the party members... Go ahead, Jack. Also, if the pathological liar is confronted and like, I'm going to finally get the truth, and they're kind of the hero in the story, it's still bullshit. I'm glad you tabled that thought, Jack John. And Cody, I will add, the party members shared your skepticism about the circumstances. And honestly, when you said he came back alone, my first thought was, oh, he ate him. He ate him. So General Adams, um, not quite sure what to believe, not quite sure what to make of this Packer fellow, decided that for now, Packer would get taken into custody for his own protection as much as anything else, um, and that they would continue to investigate the situation. 
Um, the two Ute tribesmen uh, would lead a search of that area for bodies um, while Packer waited in custody to figure out what exactly had happened. So I'll start by saying this. Packer did a few things to kill his credibility. First, um, while they were still there, he made a pretty unhelpful comment that he had, quote, grown to enjoy the taste of human flesh while he had been up there. Which, oh, buddy. look... Okay. That, you just that's just something you never want to say, you know? <laughs> yeah, here's 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 a life life hack for you out there. While it is at least to me certainly feasible that somebody who was lost and starving in the woods who hadn't had meat in quite a while could eat human and and find it somewhat appetizing. Generally, honesty is the best policy, but I think that time you lie. Yeah, I think you always lie about that. I, in the interest of not promoting eating people, I, I think you always got to at least tell people, no, it was fucking horrible and I hated it. I like the idea that he's such a fucking liar. Maybe he hated eating people, but he wants to seem so impressive that he tells everyone he loved it. Like, he just, he can't lie enough at this point. He was the original edgelord. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I fucking ate him, so what? Look, man, it's not that bad. Yeah, it was dope as shit. <laughs> So the second thing he did... Table that thought for my guy. Oh. So the second thing he did is, while being transported, he tried to kill his guard. And General, <laughs> Ad General Adams was standing, like, right there <laughs> and and subdued him. And so whatever credibility Packer had remaining with Adams was, was just killed at that point. I, I imagine... I, like... I really... What I imagine and what I very seriously hope is that he's just standing between the two... And he just sees Packer reaching for the guard's neck from behind and just smacks him <laughs> with a newspaper. No. That's, that's what I was going to say. Bad Packer. Like, he's Bad. Like grabbing like, for, like, the sheriff's rifle and he just smacks his hand and he goes, the fuck? So the third, Bad Packer. The third thing is that while he was in detention, he did change part of his story. So the second version of this story, he claimed that the first two men died of natural causes and they only ate them out of necessity, then Bell lost his mind, killed the next man, and then tried to kill Packer, at which point Packer acted in self-defense and ate Bell. I mean, waste not, want not. Yeah. You know, that is not the food. That is not the objectionable part of the story. <laughs> um, eventually, a couple months later, the bodies were found. <clears throat> the bodies were also not of any help to Packer. First... Oh. They were all located in one small spot rather than spread out across the area, as Packer's story would suggest. Second, there was enough flesh left on the bodies that they could have kept eating off of them rather than Bell finally attacking Packer as something of a last resort. Third, the evidence suggested that the other men were killed before supplies were even totally exhausted. Oh, god damn it! They also found a makeshift shelter nearby. And so the theory formed with the, the, the men investigating what must have happened is that Packer was in over his head. He brought the men up into the mountains, killed them just to rob them and leave their bodies behind. But the weather was so harsh, he built a shelter and feasted off their flesh to stay alive and wait out the snow for the next couple months. So I it's so it's so strange to me that he didn't start with one person eat them and then move on he was just nibbling on everybody like it's a fucking smorgasbord yeah i imagine he like shoots them all in the back of the head and is like well i can't leave signs of a bullet wound you're just like eating around the bullet wound and then it's like all right cool time to the next one then 
I wonder if he was like out there this whole time to entertain himself, was like acting like a Benihana chef, like trying to get real <laughs> fancy with slicing the people up. You know, he had made a comment that he enjoyed the breast meat more than anything. So maybe he was just like going through different parts that he liked better. Yeah. Um. Look, I mean, we all have a cut of chicken and a cut of steak that we yeah. like the best. So um, the search party, they headed to the jail to confront Packer. But they were shocked to find Packer was gone. Oh, God damn it. it Packer had <laughs> Jack Shepherded his way out of there. It, it, it's still unclear what exactly happened, other than it, it, it seemed like someone had helped him. But they never found out exactly what happened there. If he's in drag on the outside, I'm going to be really pissed off. Well, Packer wasn't heard from again until nine years later. He was found in Cheyenne, Wyoming, by a guy named John Cabazon, who had originally been a member of the Brackenridge Party and recognized him instantly. He just saw this guy living on a different identity. He's like, no, 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 no. No, you're just come with me. We're not. <laughs> I know who you are. You're the guy that ate all my fucking friends. Come on. Also, I mean, you're... yeah, I, I'm just trying to put myself through this whole story. I've been trying to put myself in their situation. Like, imagine, like, we went on a trip and we we all kind of got separated. We and we get together and we find out some guy ate Mitch or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it would be Mitch. Like that's a yeah. wild fucking thing. You say bless Mitch. We don't mean this as an insult, but Mitch would be the one who would get eaten. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Jack. You would probably be second. You know what? I'm 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 getting I'm getting up there. I bet I'd taste delicious. Hey. I feel like I would be the most desirable because I am the meatiest of us, but. <laughs> Number Ooh, one, they might Ooh. be watching their cholesterol, and number yeah. two, um, you gotta kill me first. And Look, I'm, I'm not just... gonna make that easy, I promise. Y you take those big claws, boil them, crack them with some butter, I bet that's a delicious <laughs> meal. Um, really uncomfortable with how you're looking <laughs> at me right now. <laughs> so Packer gets brought back to Colorado to face his charges. Again, he changes part of his story. The third version he tells was that he claimed Bell went insane very early on, killed all of the first four men himself, Packer killed him again in self-defense, and ate the bodies out of necessity. What I love about this is that in all three of his iterations, he has the exact same story. It's everyone else around him is changing. Why would that be the case? He somehow convinced himself as it went on, like, I just need to blame this guy, Bell, even more. <laughs> That's what's doing it. Yeah, he... See, like, he has second. literally blamed everyone in this party but himself at this point. Yes. Like, he is the only one who has never done anything wrong in any version of the story. Bell is, like, maybe for his sake, like, the second biggest douche, and maybe everyone else hates him, but not as much. Like, but like look, maybe it was Bell, the other asshole in the group. It wasn't me. So, in all honesty, even though Packer was clearly full of shit in some way or another... Evidence was still kind of flimsy as to which men other than Bell he had killed and what the motive really was. Yeah. But he was so squirrely and untrustworthy, he just just completely screwed himself. Um, Alfred was convicted of first-degree murder of Israel Swan and sentenced to hang on May 19, 1883. Packer, though, he was spared execution. Um, his lawyers filed an appeal um, alleging that the death penalty had not been in place in Colorado in the time of the offense and you can't give someone a death penalty and enforce it ex post facto. The thing is, they're absolutely correct about this. Um, yeah. That is how the law the works. And um, the sentence was overturned by the Colorado Supreme Court in 1885. Um, and a new trial was ordered. 
At the second trial, the state put on even more evidence than the first trial, including they brought in local hunters to testify that, yeah, although that winter was really harsh, there were still plenty of animals around to hunt. There had even been a deer carcass found nearby. And the relevance of this was went to their, the, the prosecution story, which is that, like, it's complete nonsense to say that, that he was killing, they were killing each other and eating each other out of necessity. He brought them up there to yeah. rob them. The cannibalism was just a, an unintended consequence. Yeah. So Packer, he was convicted of all five murders. He gets sentenced to 40 years in prison, which at the time was the longest custodial sentence in U.S. history. It was very questionable to whether he'd live to the end. What? So, so um, these, I mean, they were, you know, as crazy as it sounds in Colorado at the time, that was like the maximum yeah. he could get for five murders. They were eight. Yeah. Eight, they were eight, eight, eight uh, five eight-year sentences stacked on top of each other. Yeah. This is like the only time, Colorado must have been the only place in the U.S. at that time whose national pastime was not hanging people. Yeah. Because every other state seemed to really be into that. Right. Right. Well, I find it very it, strange that now Colorado it, did not have the death penalty. Now, it, they, by the time this trial happened, they did. And, yeah. I mean, they were hanging people. It just, Packer was lucky enough that that, like, that really hadn't coalesced until after he he killed and ate these men. I'm imagining everything else before that was just two different Yosemite Sams dueling to the death every time. <laughs> um, so every appeal attempt was denied. And so Packer turned to the next best thing. The court of public opinion. Oh, no. He started writing papers claiming his convictions were unjust. Uh, he and an old friend named Dwayne Hatch, they campaigned the public to sympathize with Packer. They worked for a decade on this project before they finally found the right mark. That mark, was uh, her name was Polly Pry, a reporter for the Denver Post. Polly was part of a wave of women investigative reporters hired by major papers in the wake of the accomplishments of former topic of the show, Nellie Bly. Um, so while Nellie Bly was best known for exposing the corrupt women's asylum system and circumnavigating the world, Polly Pry was best known for, well, this whole thing. She knew So, it. here's the thing about ripple effects. Those ripples go in all directions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is mostly very good that they started hiring women reporters, but nobody bats a thousand. It's all I'm going to say. Yeah. The hiring of Polly Pry was a good thing. Um, Polly Pry made a, a, you could say, maybe questionable choice in in uh, running with this story the way that she did. She knew a sensational story when she saw it. She wrote a series of articles portraying Alfred Packer as a down-on-his-luck, everyman veteran who fell victim to impossible circumstances and was demonized for violating the civilized taboo against cannibalism. And murder. <clears throat> the public, not to be cute with it, ate all this up. And people started writing oh, to the people started writing to the governor Charles Thomas asking to pardon Alfred. You don't get away with that just by saying going right through it. You <laughs> you said that, and I want everyone to kind of acknowledge that for a minute. You know what's worse? I let's think all that... let's all have a a pause for a collective boo. Okay, if you're listening at home, yeah. one, two, three, boo. You know what's Thank extra you for demonstrating, Jack? You know what's extra fucked up. I, I think when we recorded this last week, I think we did just gloss right over that. Uh, so, so people started writing Governor Thomas asking to pardon Alfred. Uh, Governor Thomas responded with a hearty "fuck no." But before you, I will say before you start liking Governor Thomas, I will say he was embroiled in some controversy 
um, for uh, endorsing a lynch mob that had killed a black man um, in lieu of the death penalty. Um, when someone asked him, what are, what are your thoughts on the lynching? He goes, well, my thoughts, there's one less black man in Colorado. So Charles Thomas, pretty bad guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Whatever, whatever you think so, of whatever you think of his refusal to um, pardon Packer, even if you're a true believer, or even yeah, even if you're a true believer that Packer did kill all these men, um, yeah. safe to say he was not coming at it from the right place in his refusal. Yeah, I I think that might just have been the last political card he had in his deck. He was like, look, I got this whole race scandal hanging over me. I gotta hang that cannibal, or I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, and I, I say that and it sounds like a joke, but there are literally many, many governors in U.S. history in recent history that have used the death penalty as a political tool. Yes. Um, so finally, in February of 1901, as his last official act as governor, Thomas, he didn't pardon Packer, but he agreed to grant him parole. Interestingly enough, after his relief, uh, after his release, Packer worked as a security guard at the Denver Post, which is almost assuredly exactly what you think it is. Dude, I, I really wanted, I really want to sit in on a meeting between this guy and his parole officer. <laughs> Haven't left the state. No alcohol. Haven't eaten anybody this week. Okay. Keep your nose clean. So weirdly. Packer became a charitable and beloved member of the community. So in the most shocking twist of all, this absolute shithead, Alfred Packer, was genuinely reformed by his time in prison. Like, one of the only people that has ever actually worked for was yeah. this guy. I'm, this I'm is not. like, imagine, imagine at the end of A Christmas Carol, where Scrooge says the spirits have done it all in one night, but except in this case, it's the spirit of those four men he ate that have been haunting him all this time. <laughs> Generally, I don't believe in prison reform. No. That if you send somebody to prison for 30 years, they're going to get fixed. No, it doesn't happen. But fuck if this isn't the one case where it's like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. We, we, made well, our, and we, we made our thoughts on this kind of thing perfectly clear. I mean, prison's really not yeah. meant to be rehabilitative. That's not the point. No. But uh, God damn it, it seemed to work for this guy. So, <laughs> You know, something I think that bears um, noting in this case is that... Prisons are one of the only U.S. institutions that have basically just gotten continuously worse since the birth of America. Though yeah. so this was actually a much like more humane time to be in yeah. most U.S. prisons than it, say, would be now. So yeah. I actually could see somebody changing yeah. more back in, in that scenario than, than I could today. He's he's making the most out of those painting classes in there. <laughs> Him and Gacy. Yes. <laughs> so, in fact, um, in case anybody was concerned about this, not only did Packer no longer crave human flesh, he became a vegetarian until his death in 1907. So, many scientific inquiries have been done into the situation since, but they've hardly brought us any closer to the full truth of what happened. Packer, though, he's continued to live on in pop culture, particularly in the areas of gallows humor. 1968, the University of Colorado at Boulder, the students named the new cafeteria grill the Alfred G. Packer Memorial Grill with the slogan, oh. Have a Friend for Lunch. Fuck that, <laughs> I love that. 
Um, someone else who loved it, this tickled the funny bone of a couple particular University of Colorado students who in 1993 released a comedy musical called Cannibal, the musical, loosely based oh. on Alfred Packer's life. <laughs> Damn it. Fuck yeah. These two students just happened to be named Matt Stone and Trey Parker, Son who of a bitch. Would, <laughs> would build off of this success and just a few years later would uh, release their magnum opus, the television show South Park. So if you want to talk about some butterfly effect shit, had this guy, Alfred Packer, not uh, eaten five, uh, <laughs> five men in the mountains back in the 1800s, we may, nev- may have never gotten South Park. So there you go. Um, last but not least. Man, I, I eat five guys all the time, and I'm never uh, memorialized in public uh, consciousness. Haha. In a reference to You my- know, that joke, here's, uh, here's why that joke's extra lame. I've never even had five guys. Never been there. Pretty good. It is good. In a reference to my favorite uh, podcast, your Kickstarter sucks. Um, it's it's uh, six guys when Jesse's there. Either you get that uh-huh. one or you don't. Um, so last but not least, Packer was highly influential on the wonderful death metal band Cannibal Corpse, who dedicated their debut album "Eaten Back to Life" to Alfred Packer's <laughs> memory. So he Packer may have died oh, in 1907, God. but lives on in the hearts and minds of the general public. Honestly, I can't think of a better guy for you who influenced both South Park and Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much right up our alley. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so this uh, brings me to my big question for the two of you. If you two were to uh, write a musical about a terrifying historical figure, who would you choose? Okay, so here's here's my teaser. All right. He caused millions of deaths and more human suffering than perhaps any other person in human history. But this summer, he brings his story to life in song. On Broadway, Kissinger, the musical. <laughs> is he, now, is he going to get invited? <laughs> that motherfucker's still around. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get invited. Now, for is, sure. Is this he's, all he's for sure going to get an invite? Now, it almost sounds like this this whole thing might be a clever ruse in order uh, to uh, redacted Henry Kissinger, <laughs> lure him out into a public place. But what do I know? It's all this is parody. Thanks for putting that out there into the ether. Now it's not going to work. <clears throat> oh, he doesn't listen to this. Wouldn't be fucked up if he did. We <laughs> or do, anyone else. We do get have a regular listener from DC, but I'm pretty sure it's not him. <laughs> How about you, Jack John? I'm going to paint the scene. It's late 1800s. We're in Russia. A down-on-his-luck, well-meaning guy. Just fucking about. We're going to have the story of old Rasputin sexcapades all throughout <laughs> Russia to song and dance. You know what's oh so God. funny? You know what's so funny, Jack John? What? That was what Pookie chose last That's week when I asked this question. answer. <laughs> Actually, he he uh, he made a reference to the song "Ra Ra Rasputin," Russia's greatest love machine. <laughs> yeah, which I give him extra points for, yes. but you just for killing the serendipity meter again. <laughs> it's fucking creepy. It it's honestly between the two, the three of us total, and. Pookie, we all shared like a collective brain at any one given time. <laughs> but, like, well, I feel we... real bad for the rest of you guys now that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, 
I I had gotten the question, and I was like, it's got to be Rasputin. It's it's got to be Rasputin because that would be just like theatrically dumb, and also that penis is you got to see it on stage. Yeah, I I I actually made this joke last time, but you haven't heard it yet, so I'll make it again. If if Rasputin does not feature a giant prosthetic penis during oh, the performance, like I'm 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 demanding my money back and I'm going home. There's there's like a scene where they're just like they're like there's like the women of the town are talking and they're just like oh like but how big is this penis? And there's like a Rasputin in the background with one of those like inflatable wacky flaving like armed <laughs> men coming out of his pants and it's just like comically fucking overblown. Here like, is a very obscure reference but if you get it you will love it it's uh pick a little cock a little scene i'm gonna propose an alternative you could just have it star liam neeson because i'll reference the same <laughs> i'll reference the same hollywood rumor that i heard that i referenced last week which is that um it's been reported that liam neeson's penis is the size and shape of a water bottle jesus christ so you could probably get away with it um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like those tubes you see at dog shows where like it's like this super long like twelve foot <clears throat> tube and the dog like runs through it really quickly. It's that, but it's his cock. And we will also throw this out there. Although he is a guy, we will never talk about Rasputin on this show because you could not possibly condense it. We'll just say listen to the last podcast yeah. on the last series yes. instead. They they cover that, it quite well. It was that, it was very very good. I would recommend that series to anybody. That, was the first last uh, last uh, podcast episode that I listened to, and it made me an instant fan. It was probably like I remember we talked about it on that uh, float trip we went on, and yes. I was telling you how much I enjoyed that. You're like, Laura, I know what we're listening to on the way home, and I'm yes. like, and this is how their divorce started. And no, no Laura and I both loved it. It's, it's the reason we. That's our road trip podcast. Is let's listen to the last podcast. Let's see what they've got. Mm-hmm. All right, well, good answers to the both of you, and um, what a way to kick off this show. So, um, you know, last week this was the point where, where Pookie regaled us with a wonderful tale. Um, unfortunately, as we said, he's not here this week. Uh, we will have him back on soon to do the very same. So instead, we got Jack John. Jack John, who's your guy this week? And for my guy this week, I wanted to talk about someone legitimately serious. I wanted to take a moment to, uh, to really sit back and think about historical figures and, and politicians who, who really are uh, breakers of the mold, people who are, are foundational in our country, people who really strive to make our country better, people who are genuine leaders in our communities. So without further ado... My guy this week is former mayor of Fort Wayne, Indiana, Harry Balls. Oh, no. No way. No fucking way. So so this is why you didn't tell us what this was going to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. So, first of all, I, I gotta say, kudos to you for getting a city full of people to elect you to anything when your name is Harry Balls. Because that would imply that they take you at least somewhat seriously, which is not a thing I am humanly capable of, if that's your name. Let's go ahead and get this part out of the way, because Cody, you and I have kind of a funny anecdote about people named Balls. Um, <laughs> oh god, so I forgot we, about this. We, and here's a, a, a little bit of IC lore. When Cody and I were at IC, we were student workers, and it was like Division Three, and um, 
a lot of the sports they would broadcast them like just for free on the internet, like all the all the schools in the conference did. And um, Cody and I were the voices of Illinois college sports. Um, it was a blast, and um, for several years, the men's basketball team had a player whose last name was Balls. Uh, good player, good guy. Um, but during, we, we mostly drew like genuinely. I'm not even. I'm not even saying this. We drew like pretty rave reviews for most of the listenership. Like people would email the AD and say like this. These are the two best broadcasters in the conference. But we would occasionally get. And they were right. We would occasionally get complaints. One of which being. Like during a game, I don't even remember which of us said it, but one of us—it was me. It, it was like I remember this. The way the gym was set up, the the back wall of the place, or really on either side, was not far behind the basket, and so this player whose last name was Balls ran out of bounds and straight into the wall, and so you said balls to the wall because that is factually <laughs> what happened. Yep. And some old lady emailed the AD and complained about our use of coarse language. And it's, and we, I, I remember, I remember our boss like confronted us about it and we like, he almost seemed frustrated at how good of an well, excuse we had built in. Well, and also here's the thing, uh, shout out to our boss at the time, because I did not know that that is actually, that expression has nothing to do with testicles. That is actually an aviation yeah. uh, based expression. And he was aware of that. So he told, he told them that that's where this came from. Yeah. So in any sense, they're not talking about testicles, but I mean, he could tell that I had enjoyed saying that entirely too much. <laughs> so I think he was, yeah, I, I think he was frustrated that he couldn't bitch at us for that. <laughs> My other favorite personal broadcast moment. We, we maybe should just have a, a, a bunch of these. We talk about at some point. I promise Jack, I'll let you get your topic after this, but it's, yes. it's along similar lines during my last football broadcast ever. It was the conference championship game we hosted, um, and like it was just me. I was calling it solo because Cody, you'd graduated by this point, and um, none of the younger guys were available. Tons of people watching, because not only was it like other two teams, it was like relevant because the winner was going to make the Division Three playoffs. So there, there was like a huge listenership, and I think I did very well that game. But our friend Adam, who was on the football team but had hurt his knee, and so was at home watching me. And had like never listened to one of my broadcasts before. He fucking got me with a Bart Simpson. He emailed me and like I was so in the zone. And this is how humiliating it was the most obvious Bart Simpson one. He got me with huge ass. I said that on there. I give a shout out to huge ass. Anyway, nobody complained, but I was done after that. So whatever. What a way to go. Anyway, sorry, Jack John, we derailed your thing. Let, oh, let's no, talk. You're good. Let's talk about Mayor Balls, please. Yes, legitimately though, um, when Harry Balls was born in November of 1886, there wasn't really a stigma about the word or name Balls. It was just his name. It wasn't anything that was like controversial or like, haha, you're named Harry Balls. That was just his name. Uh, I don't want to live in that world. Born in 1886 in Fort Wayne, uh, lived in Fort Wayne all of his life. And really kind of became a huge, legitimately a large public figure uh, for the uh, for the town. But I do want to give a quick shout out to his parents, August Balls and Margaret Balls. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there really just is no first name that sounds good with no. that, is there? Truly there is not. Oh god damn. <laughs> so All, his parents, every time. His parents came to Fort Wayne uh, via the canal in 1851 
and set up roots and legitimately became like major figures uh, around the public sphere. Uh, Harry's balls, or sorry, Harry Balls' father, August, <laughs> uh, ended up being a lock manufacturer and really became a just hardworking member of society. August Balls, did he uh, did he have a lifelong problem of getting stuck to his own leg? <laughs> August Harry... Balls sounds like a terrible romance novel that has just lost all uh, sense of subtlety. <laughs> August Balls is the uh, Christmas song. <laughs> new from August... new on Li- new on Lifetime Network from Nora Roberts. <laughs> it's uh, the new miniseries August Balls. August August Balls is the shortly lived Christmas tour that August Burns Red did during uh, December, the first year they put out their Christmas <laughs> album. Uh, but Harry would go on to have two children, uh, Marcel Balls and Donald Balls. He would have them with his first wife. Mini balls. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. Now, that, ladies, this, this is the topic that's fake. This one isn't real. <laughs> ladies, aren't you happy that it is so much more socially acceptable not to take your partner's name now? Because I got to imagine that that would have made this lady's life immeasurably better. Either that or a great bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you even, can commit to it, too, I guess. Like, even if you are, like, you know, even if you are a, 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 com- a committed feminist, if you are marrying a guy, if your name is Minnie and you're marrying a guy whose last name is Balls, I think you have to <laughs> consider taking his name yes. just for the just for the laughs, just for the yucks. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Harry ended up being married to Minnie from 1909 to 1936. Unfortunately, Minnie would uh, pass away with pneumonia in 36, uh, but they lived, uh, all things told, a, a healthy, long, uh, loving relationship. Rest in Harry power then, to Minnie Balls. Harry would then later remarry in 1941 to Irene, making her Irene Balls. That sounds dirty, too, but I, I can't figure out how this is the problem with a lot of these names. Yeah. I can't. There's something there, but I can't quite find it uh, legitimately though um to, to to really talk about why we're actually talking about harry balls uh harry was said to have been very down to earth and generally liked by everyone in the community and was seemingly someone who was just for the people around the people with the people so so one could say he uh he hung pretty loose then huh <laughs> Alex is shaking okay? his head this entire time. <laughs> this is uh, this is a low point for the show. <laughs> and imagine uh, the ground that that covers by this point. Yeah. Mr. Balls uh, ended up being a ser- uh, service as a manager for General Electric and as a postmaster. Despite only having his high school education, he was doing all of this essentially not as uneducated as possible, but for having minimal education and still making an impact in his community... He ends up becoming mayor for the first time in 1934. He gets elected four fucking times. The people loved Harry Balls. Uh, who doesn't? You know, uh, you got to give the people what they want. If what they want is Harry Balls, then what they're going to get, you better believe, it's mm-hmm. a ton of Harry Balls. I'm glad we don't Ball. do a podcast ad for Manscaped. <laughs> we'd, 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 I wish we did. The, we'd be this losing our sponsorship for this one. <laughs> uh, so... Balls was elected first mayor in 1932, uh, running a campaign on urban reform and tax relief, and he is going to do a shitload of work for the people pretty much right out of the gate. 
uh, during his first couple years and throughout his entire uh, mayoral uh, candidacy, he's credited for consolidating city departments, lowering city tax rates, assisting in the planning for a new post office, a building which was still being used at the time of like, the articles that I was researching, which were mostly in 2011. So a long-standing building. He ended up having a huge part in aiding the uh, town of Fort Wayne during the Great Depression. He directed uh, war material drives and ended up uh, wielding a federal grant for a shitload of money to help essentially create jobs during the Great Depression. Jack, I, I really appreciate you doing, like, researching actual information for this segment. It would have been very easy for you to mail this in. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's something... It, it's one of those things where, like, I've got a couple, like, lists of guys where it's just, like, it's a joke and, like, five minutes of material. Harry Balls was on that list, and then I did more research on Harry Balls, and I went through a lot of porn, but I also found a <laughs> lot of great information on him. Well, look. I was going to say, really hope you didn't use the library computer for that one. Also, I just want to say at this point, I haven't fully said it out yet, but Balls is spelled B-A-A-L-S. Hmm. Okay. So the, the player that Alex and I were referencing earlier was B-A-L-S. Yes. Uh, but Harry, very, very, like, would tell you his name is Balls. Um, and it's it's in my notes later, but I'll go <laughs> ahead and say it. I'll go ahead and say it now because we're talking about it. Uh, in 1953, there was essentially, like, a an interview radio, like, kind of, like, discussion where somebody was talking about how they were talking to Mayor Balls. And the person on the other uh, side was a uh, rookie radio host named Bob Chase. And on the phone call, he pronounced it Harry Bales, being very, very polite. Um, Harry then called the radio station mere moments after listening to this. <laughs> and he said, and I quote, and I pronounced my name Balls. My name is Balls, motherfucker. Bless his heart. Like, that very... sounds like something you. That sounds like something you scream when you're gacked out of your mind on cocaine. <laughs> but it, it was something where the family later, like, were like, no, no, we're calling ourselves Bales now. But but Harry was very very proud that his name was Balls, and it wasn't anything that was like I'm taking ownership of this dirty innuendo. That was his name, and he wore it with pride, the same way that anyone else. Like, if you mispronounce somebody's last name, like they'll correct you. Like he was like, no, no, my name's balls. No, it's balls. I'm Harry yeah. balls. What's up? Yeah. But in 1936, he successfully lobbied the, lobbied the federal government for over $2 million for the works progress, uh, uh, fund, which essentially helped employ a local 4,000 people through the public works program. This helped furnish essentially a brand new underground sewage system and a water treatment plant that's still used to this day in Fort Wayne. He had so also he, he was like an FDR Democrat kind of guy. Sounds like yeah, very much like hey, I'm here for the people and I'm going to get shit done for the people. Um, Harry ended up breaking ground on Bear Field, which would later become Fort Wayne International Airport, and a big, big piece of helping establish the larger uh, Fort Wayne downtown area. He helped um, <clears throat> the process of moving the old nickel plate railroad tracks, which were at that time impeding exactly where the northern end of Fort Wayne was expanding. And he helped, like, 
oversee a project which moved those railroad tracks and helped expand the town further north. So he's legitimately helping foster a better Fort Wayne. And so also, he was and the also last his... mayor that actually knew shit about city planning. Yeah. Yes. And also his name was Balls. <laughs> he gets better, I promise. Hmm. So Can't wait. One, la- one last quick blurb of what he fully did for the city. Uh, he also helped um, preside over the expansion of Johnny Appleseed Park, which is just beautifully small town, like Indiana, and also Great. helped uh, provide a uh, completion for a local highway, which would end up being Coliseum Boulevard. So legitimately, like for the people, expanding the outrage of the city, making it fully better. The father of Fort Wayne, Harry Balls. Unfortunately for Harry Balls, he would pass away due to kidney disease in 1954 at the age of 67. I thought you were going to say testicular cancer, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to handle it. It would have been too, too, too perfect. So, uh, so we live on. in a cruel world. I, I this is this joke is a bit grim, but I, I am going to make it. <clears throat> so I'm he, for it. he died of kidney disease. So, are you telling me that? Too oh much... no! <laughs> are you telling do it, me? Do it. That too much pee was stored in the balls. <laughs> yep. Knew that's where you were going with that. You, See, if you, he, if it had been testicular cancer, cancer, I could have teed Jack John up perfectly because I could have said, um, something to the effect of, "Well, that's a little on the nose," and Jack John could have been like, "No, it was on the balls." God, I'm rim shot. I'm sweating. Fuck. So, so hairy balls. Much to his legacy, he really only had about one thing named after him in the town of Fort Wayne. A, a town where he very much had um, his fingerprints all over yeah. the city. Yeah. Um, that, only one thing named after him? That is truly too bad. <laughs> yes. Um, Harry Balls uh, ended up getting a street named after him, which was Harry Balls Boulevard. Oh, no. They couldn't have just called it Balls Boulevard. Now, that would have been um, funny enough. They had to put Harry on there. Too. Now, so, Jack, Jack, John, I'm, I was quite upset that you used the inflection "was." Yes. Oh no. Because this is as it upset turns me. out, as it turns out, um, local hooligans and uh, ne'er do wells would keep stealing the fucking street sign. Well, yeah, so, right. Sure. <laughs> so the town decided that we have to rename this fucking street. No, 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 no. Here's what you do. What you do instead is print an extra copy of that sign for every Fort Wayne resident and just (laughs) give them one. They are 10 signs. They do not cost that much. You do not give up on a bit like this just because of that stumbling block. What ended up happening... Go ahead, Alex. No, you go. No, no. Whatever you're going to say, I promise you, you're going to feel better afterwards. Well, it's just like... I don't know. It's it's like it's Fort Wayne. Like not to disrespect anyone in Fort Wayne, but like I feel like you could play this up for tourism if you want. Hold that thought. Okay, we'll do. Uh, the street sign is then uh, they rename it H W Balls. So they just okay. take his first sure. couple initials and just they're just like you know cool. It's still it's still it's still Balls. Um, but that seemingly is the only thing named after Harry Balls. Until hmm. 2011 happened. We are much to do after Harry Balls' unfortunate 
somewhat early death. And it's, it's late 2010, early 2011, and the city decides, hey, we're, we're renovating the, the city building downtown in Fort Wayne. Instead of just naming it something and, and being bland and boring, look, man, it's, it's, it's the early 2010s. We're going to be hip. We're going to be, like, positive with all the young kids. We're going to set up an internet poll. And the internet is going to name this building for us. Yeah, that's never gone badly in the past. Uh, was it was it Mountain Dew that that let the internet name their new flavor, and the top vote getter was like Hitler did nothing wrong or something like yeah, that? I thought it was yeah. the Holocaust is a lie or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there was also I can't remember what the exact contents was, but like Bodie McBoatface came from the yeah. internet because the internet yeah. is just I think Bodie a Mc... bunch of bored people. I think Bodie McBoatface was the Reddit version. The 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 Hitler one for Mountain Dew is the 4chan version. I think that's how that yes. works. Yeah, which <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, but in in late 2010, early 2011, the city's very innocent. Like, hey, let's get the community involved in renaming what was at the time named the Renaissance Square Building was let to be uh, up to the public's decision. And on January 20th, 2011, it was voted and submitted by a member of the public that the building should be renamed the Harry Balls Government Center. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, so... yes, yes, yes. yes. What what I'm hearing is that next time we visit you in Indiana, we're gonna take a roadie over to Fort Wayne and uh, hang out in the Harry Balls Harry Balls building for a while. Also, what's known as my office. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, other names in this very very open public forum: Nakatomi Plaza, fucking <laughs> diehard. The Hall of Justice, and one of my favorites, the Cop Shop. Yeah, see, that that's a that's an old school midwestern uh, midwestern phrase. Uh, I would have gone with the pig barn myself, but <laughs> uh, but everything is is pretty like innocent and and low played and really doesn't really go anywhere. It's just kind of like a haha like fun thing, like it. it Harry Balls was locally known, but not nationally known. But then, my favorite phenomenon of all time happens. The Streisand effect. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And in February now, of that now, year... Now, just could you do just a real brief synopsis yes. of what the Streisand effect... Probably a lot of our listeners know, but some of them may not. Yes. So the Streisand effect is, to, to call back to Alex's point, a South Park um, reference, essentially. Yep. Where... South Park made fun of Barbara Streisand, and it was very, very small and relatively minuscule and didn't do anything. Barbara Streisand then made a very, very public, hey, fuck this, I don't like it, which then brought more eyes on it. So, yeah, yeah. so the Streisand effect, like, it's like the if you make a huge deal out of something that's not a big deal, and then in by your reaction, you make it a big deal. Yes. That's the short version of it. Yes. So what happens is that in February, so the next month, Deputy Mayor Beth Mallory ends up coming out and is going, look, absolutely not. We can't allow this. And she's like, look, it, it's going to embarrass the town. Fort Wayne is is a town 
of the people, and we can't allow this to essentially like make us a mockery of everybody. Okay, in in some cases, when letting the public name this building, I think you've got an argument. Yes. But also, fuck you. Yes. This guy earned it. You cannot tell me that Harry Balls does not deserve, completely without joking here, folks, you cannot tell me that based on his resume, Harry Balls does not deserve to have the local government building named after him. Legitimately, somebody who is a founder, almost, of Fort Wayne, and that he's... He's the father of Fort Wayne, basically, yeah. Yes. So, uh, Beth Mallory ends up going to say, and this is a direct quote that I'm going to read, we've realized that while Harry Balls was a respected mayor... Not everyone outside of Fort Wayne will know that. We wanted to pick something that would reflect our pride in our community beyond the boundaries of Fort Wayne. Which is her way of saying, I don't like balls. That's, uh... Teach their own. That's that's unfortunate. Um, Don't take it out on the building, though. Yes. (laughs) And... And then she like later comes out and is like, look, I didn't I didn't want to be like shrew or like seen as like a Debbie Downer, but like I didn't want news reporters like coming out and like making a joke out of Fort Wayne. And you know what? That that last name is common enough that if she just yeah. taken the Harry part off and just agreed to call it the Balls government yeah. building, that probably would have been fine. Yes. What ends up happening though? Is it not necessarily the first shirt, like, the post at, like, Harry Ball's Government Center? That doesn't make news. What makes news is that Fort Wayne doesn't want to name their building Harry Ball's. Well, of course. And this ends up blowing up in her face spectacularly. It's originally picked up by local news stations, and then it kind of just, like, slowly leaches out to the point where this becomes a national headline. Just a group of uh, old men yeah. protesting outside of the building for discrimination. Yeah. And it essentially it gets picked up, and this is just a list of a few things that I saw, or a few sources that I saw. The Bob and Tom Show, Jimmy Kimmel, Craig Ferguson. <laughs> of course the fucking John Bob Stewart. and Tom. This is like this story was practically concocted by the Bob and Tom Show. Yeah, I, I am imagining Chris. I am imagining Christy Lee trying to read this story and the the hosts just absolutely yes. losing their fucking minds. Yes. I, I still remember one of the classic Bob and Tom episodes was when they find out there's a town called Dildo. <laughs> that is yeah. one of my favorite. And they call one of the ladies from the town council and they, she doesn't know what it is and they're just losing their <laughs> shit behind, behind Tom the whole time. But essentially, her like stepping her foot down and going, no draws everyone's attention to this. And this is 2011. No one's got better shit to do right now. So it's picked up by everybody. You can still watch uh, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Like, they're doing this, like, report, and uh, um, John Oliver has, like, a guest spot where he's like, no, you need to fucking listen to this. There's a town in Fort Wayne, and the mayor was named Harry Balls. Like, it's a <laughs> four-minute bit that you can still find. Um... At this point, uh, Malloy essentially like doubles down, and she's like, look, it's not that I have anything wrong with his name, it's just that he was just the mayor, and it doesn't represent the county building. It would be unfair to everyone else in the county to name it after just a single mayor. Bullshit. Okay, Bullshit. Yeah, n- now, now, at least fucking own it if you're gonna be like, look, I don't want people coming here yes. making fun of our town. Yeah. Don't slander the guy. Yes. Um, 
it and it goes on like people who knew Harry while he was alive, like during this time, were like, "Oh, Harry would have fucking loved this and would thought it was hilarious." Uh, one of his friends basically was just like, "Yeah, no, he would have thought this was the funniest fucking thing in the world." And they actually went and interviewed one of Harry's great nephews, and you can see this reference several different places. Uh, but they interviewed his great nephew. Jim Balls. Okay. Again, not sure why, but that's setting off alarms in my head. Yeah, you, you, I think a little bit of a like gold bond powder will help deal with Jim Balls. <laughs> <laughs> or at least uh, but, a towel. Yeah. But but Jim when he was interviewed was like, "Look, I've lived this name for 51 years now. I've gotten through it. Everyone else will too." And he's like, "Yeah, it's funny for like a minute and then no one gives a shit afterwards." Um, the city spokesman who set up the, the town poll online, he basically went and said, look, I don't regret this. We had a fuckload of interaction with it. This is great for us. People are paying attention to Fort Wayne now. And just to read two quick headlines real quick. Um, one of the, uh, NBC news, uh, articles about this, this is how the article starts. This is the headline. Scratch Harry Balls off the list of names. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. And and this was a, a local newspaper, which can have more fun. Um, said, officials refused to slap Harry Balls on the public building. Killjoy's scratch handle off erection. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, almost too busy. It, that, that's You're it almost was, trying to do too much there. It was something where they had two headlines in mind, and they're like, fuck it, let's put both of them up there. So, what ends up happening, very, very unfortunately, and very, very unfunnily, the town is like, no, we cannot do this. We're not naming it Harry Balls. They go with the very, very lame, very, very unoriginal Citizens Square building. Fuck you. Thumbs down. Boo. We boo you. Hiss. Boo. Hiss. If we lived in a democracy, Harry Balls would have won. And just to show you how I've big I've said of a, that many times. To show you how big of a gap it was, Harry Balls Government Center, before the polls closed, because I assume it was getting too much traffic, finished with 23,796 votes. In second place, which was Thunderdome, <laughs> had 2,100. <laughs> overwhelmingly it was positive that people wanted this and i looked at the comments because like you can if you go through uh, the wayback machine on the internet and like look at like what this was you can see in like the actual uh like posting like there's 311 comments and a lot of them from what i can tell and my sarcasm radar is kind of you know not the best sometimes but legitimately public opinion of like hey Harry was actually really influential in this town. I think this is a great idea. Like, hey, he was super awesome. This is awesome. Let's do it. Like, seemingly genuine insight and opinion, and not just like, haha, balls. Like, people legitimately love Harry Balls. The people have spoken. The people have fucking spoken, and they want Harry And they Harry want balls. Harry Balls, goddammit. But that is the story of uh, the mayor, Harry Balls, who... 
honestly was a mayor of the people who doesn't get enough credit even in his own hometown. But I'm going to leave it to you guys. My big question, you get to go to Fort Wayne and you get to rename that building. You can't use Harry Balls, but you can name it whatever the fuck you want. What are you going to name this building? Okay. Um, so since these people have said no to Harry Balls, I- I'm going to give them a monkey's paw moment. Okay. You didn't want it to be called the Harry Balls building? Guess what? It is now the Hirsute Scrotum building. <laughs> Congratulations, motherfucker. We're getting even more literal with it. You should have known what you had. I'm gonna say, if I can Take do that it- to the bank, oh, Henry. Yeah, if I can do whatever, I'm just I'm gonna go like really juvenile with it and 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 help them like maybe appreciate the subtlety that they could have had. I'm calling it the Nutsack Tower. <laughs> I like both of those. Uh, personally, I would have gone with the the Mike Hunt Building, but you know <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> just to be completely, you know, and you know what, really bad name person. That is a surprisingly common name because yes. both of those are very common names. And every right. time I see it, even in print, I just lose my shit. It's, it's one of those where it's either like your parents didn't know or they didn't like you, and there's nothing in between. I also want to give a uh, shout out to our our friends in the UK. Very recently, on April twenty eighth. Um, it was, as it is every year, Ed Balls Day. The day when they oh, commemorate yeah. that beloved... I actually don't know how, how popular he is, but... Beloved uh, politician from England, Ed Balls, simply tweeted out, Ed Balls. <laughs> yep. An internet an internet holiday and a UK holiday every day. Or every, uh, every year. Beautiful. Alright, well, uh... Boy, that was a lot of fun. I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> And it's it's <laughs> for a lot of reasons, but my goodness, um, probably that fucking fungus you ate earlier. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe your maybe your DNA is finally starting to break down. You're gonna turn into Clayface or something. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, two two fun topics, um, and uh, we have some more insanity coming up because I'm pretty sure Cody, you're doing the same one you did last week. Jack, yes, sir. Jack also has not heard this, but I did, and uh, if you thought this episode was gonna get any more normal. In uh, in uh, the third act, then uh, folks, you are going to be sorely mistaken, and I cannot hype this this segment up any more than that. So, without any further ado, Cody, take us away. Who's your guy this week? So, before I get into the specifics on this guy, let me just say that while this is in keeping with the theme of absolute insanity, tonally we are doing a one fucking eighty here. Yeah, this is the. <laughs> This is the exact opposite tone of what Jax was. That was very silly. This one gets kind of dark in places. It's it's a little gallows, yes. Mine was on the nose. I can't imagine what yours is going to be. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of frills on this story either, and you'll see what I mean by that as we move forward. Uh, We're talking about Brandon Vetus this week. Um, Brandon Vetus uh, was born in 1981. He lived in Phoenix, Arizona, which uh, might explain some of his actions later on. Um, Arizona is not an easy place to live. No, especially this time of year. Yeah, we, we they got like... some gi- they got some gym balls out there right now for sure. Yeah, I referenced uh, I think we referenced this last week. I don't think we've ever talked shit about Arizona on this show before. We definitely could. We've we've got we've got family out there, so we try and avoid pissing them off too much. Um. So who Brandon Vitas was, uh, he spent 
he was just kind of a regular guy. He had a uh, job as a he worked at tech support for one of the local community colleges. Um, he really had two main hobbies, though. Uh, number one was hanging out on Internet message boards. Uh, his screen name was Ripper. Um, and this is, I think, the the point where I, I need to point out that this story, the bulk of it takes place in the year 2003. So I don't know how many of you listening were like doing Internet stuff in 2003. I know I personally wasn't because no. we couldn't get it until we were a little yeah. bit older. But before our time, yeah. I'll, I I know enough to know that online forums and mes- message boards are the internet's Moss Eisley. Yeah. Like, wretched hive of scum and villainy, especially in 03. And we're familiar... You could get away with fucking anything. We're familiar with it, like, more in the social media sense, but back then, like, forum subculture was yeah. a huge deal, and most of them were terrible. I mean, like, 90% of something, something awful, awful was pretty funny. Um... <laughs> Like, pretty much every funny Twitter account you follow came from there originally, but um, even they had their sh- their share of problems. Yeah. It was basically, almost every internet message board was basically like 4chan is now. Yeah. All, yeah. Almost all of that yeah. culture has been squeezed into the darker parts of 4chan now. Yeah, Literally like the wild west of the internet, where it's like, look man, <clears throat> fucking everything's shooting everywhere. Not mm-hmm. Things not nearly as corporatized, things not nearly as commodified. It yeah. was true chaos. So, um, in particular, uh, Brandon, or Ripper, as he liked to be known, was a frequent user of the message board on shroomery.org, uh-huh. which is a message board about magic mushrooms, which uh, okay. brings us to Brandon's second hobby, drugs. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know what people Dude, love doing drugs. Drug, people who talk about drugs, they actually love to do drugs, too. It's crazy. Yeah. I like- yeah, I mean, it's... It's an all-encompassing interest. It really is. I, I hate to pick on this guy in light of things that come later, but like I can, without even looking him up, I can picture what this guy looks like. Oh, this yeah. guy is either and you're exactly right, pounds or three hundred and four pounds. So, um, not necessarily in terms of physical appearance, but just um, his personality. In in keeping with our theme of assigning these guys cartoon characters, he is Otto from The Simpsons. Oh shit! Oh my god! <laughs> that's no that's no good. That is no oh. good. Except he was like, well, I'll I'll table that thought for a little bit. But oh, he did no. some shit that would make Otto blush. Um, he was also a frequent user of internet relay chat or IRC, uh, which was a service not unlike we have with discord now where you can chat with people using uh, a webcam. It's kind of like Twitch too, where someone is broadcasting via webcam and other people can watch and comment in chat. And this is before a lot of computers had built in mics. So pretty much all of the verbal communication was via chat. You couldn't hear anything, uh, but you could watch. So, uh, Here's where our story really gets interesting. Uh, January 12th, 2003. Uh, Ripper logs into his IRC channel, indicating that his webcam was live and people should go watch. With the message, and this is a direct quote, I've got a grip of drugs. <laughs> what, um, what measurement is that? I'm not sure exactly. Is that like handful, but, but he couldn't think of the word handful because he was already baked? Like... You know, honestly, when your friend walks into a party and says that, sometimes it's okay. 
But if someone's sitting alone in his room in front of a webcam puts that message out there, something things are about to take a, a slightly darker turn. Oh, no. Um, some of these drugs were illegal, but most of them, including the ones that really caused problems here, were prescription. And were prescribed to him. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, either Brandon was a person who had some serious mental health issues, or his doctor was pretty good and trigger-happy with the prescriptions. And this is set in 2003, so frankly, either one of those is equally plausible. So to stay in The Simpsons, he's got Dr. Nick on his side. Yes, 100%. This this position has got to be Dr. Nick. Um, so he, he posts in the channel, I got a grip of drugs, everybody come watch the webcam. Uh, he then pulled out his stash and put it in front of the table. (laughs) And commenced on a feast that would have made Hunter S. Thompson tremble with fear. No, no matter what you have, it, it doesn't matter if it's legal, if it's drugs, if it's anything. It's never a good sign when you just whip it out on the table. We we just gonna let that one go? Like, yeah, like, sure. We we got we got it all out of the way in the Harry Ball segment. We'll just move past that. I know. One. I'm too tired to do anything with that one. <laughs> my that that part of my juvenile brain is is totally spent. Um, so by the time Vetus got started, he had already uh, warmed up with some lighter stuff. He had already uh, smoked some weed and drank some Bacardi 151, which uh, our buddy Pookie was nice enough to point out that they don't make that anymore. So he he had, I don't know the time frame on this, but he had just listened to Tech Nine. Um, <laughs> Beast, was, yes, and he was just like, "All right, Bacardi One Fifty One Rum, let's get it." <laughs> so the first thing he does on stream is start popping mushrooms. <laughs> Fuck. And uh, he did not become a mushroom homunculus and run around the room. What are you talking about? No such thing exists. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So, it doesn't say how many shrooms he popped, but a couple. Like, (laughs) enough to get you there. Right. So, so far, all he's really done at this point is just ensured that he's going to wake up somewhere weird. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is is intense. Like, this is already what he's done is enough to to have a real weird night. But none of this is going to kill you, probably. Yeah, probably. Then, however, he starts in on the prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Batting leadoff here is eight milligrams of clonopin. Fuck. So, for those of you unfamiliar, clonopin <clears throat> is a benzodiazepine um, very similar to Xanax that is used to treat severe anxiety, insomnia, and fever disorders. It's a little more hardcore than Xanax is, which yeah. is why it's not prescribed as much. However, eight milligrams, a lot of clonopin. Like more than, yeah, more than you're supposed to have. Oh, buddy, buddy. Oh fuck. Let's uh let's play the BTO in the background because you ain't seen nothing yet. There's one of these I remember in particular that is just a fucking absurd. Well, um, might be this one. He then broke out four eighty milligram bottles of liquid methadone. Yeah, that was the one. (laughs) Good God. How is and he ch- able to function at this point? I don't know, but he I mean, chugged. Is a loose word, but what the fuck? Homeboy, so he and, pulls and, out and, the and four Cody, bottles and just, and chugs one of them in one go. Cody, just to make sure our audience knows, uh, what is methadone? 
And what is it used so, for? Me- methadone is a very powerful opioid painkiller. It's also what they give heroin and opioid addicts yeah. to get through <laughs> withdrawals. Yeah, liquid heroin, essentially. So it, it basically yeah. it hits that part of your brain. It hits the addiction center, but it doesn't get you nearly as high. But it still gets you some. Yeah, you get some. I mean, you, you get something. To the head. Yeah, well, and also... 80 milligrams is a lot. And he's got three more of these bottles sitting. He's He's got, like, whiskey shooters of heroin, basically. And he's basically. Like, shot after shot after shot, bitch, let's go. And so, yeah, this is... Pretty fucked up. This is hardcore shit. Um, Vetus then took 110 milligrams of Inderol, which is a beta blocker. Um, another 120 milligrams of Temazepam, which is another benzo used to treat insomnia. Again, that's like at least 10 times a therapeutic dose, just of that specific drug. How is he not night-night? He... Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, the problem is not just that he's taken all of these different drugs, but as we've alluded to so far, these are huge doses of all of these drugs. Yeah, even, yeah. even mixing human amounts... <laughs> of all of these drugs is yeah. going to put you in a weird place, let alone you're, like maxing your stats on your your favorite musical artist has died for less. Yeah. Yeah, th- this shit John Belushi wouldn't have done this. John Belushi died three wor- like three different drugs ago. Yeah. So he finished off the rest of the bottles of methadone and then uh hit a nightcap of 16 more milligrams of clonopin. So what happens next? Yeah. Fair deal of clonopin. (laughs) What happens next is rather unsurprisingly, he goes face first on his bed and becomes unresponsive. Yeah. Right. That, that is where this was going. What is, (laughs) is, is there just to like really help paint this? Is there a time frame for this? Because this could be anywhere between, like, a minute and, like, an hour. And I have no idea of time on this. Um, so I could not find that. And that is something <laughs> I looked very hard for. But it was not very long because... Yeah. They're actually... What I did find was the text chat logs for okay. this session. Yeah. And it's a reasonably long exchange. But, like, I don't know how quickly they were sending messages. It, it's not a long time. This is all, yeah. I think, within... Yeah. At the absolute longest, like, two hours. Yeah. Like, doing this amount of this many drugs in two yeah. hours, one of two things is going to happen. One, you're going to be transported to another plane and understand the secrets <laughs> of the universe. Two, you're going to go unconscious. <laughs> or yeah. uh, or three, both. Yes. I, I believe two is a guarantee. It's just which stops do you hit before that. <laughs> so he's down. <laughs> and the next day was discovered by his mother in that same spot, dead as the proverbial doornail. (laughs) Fucking of course. Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, this is a wild story, but why are we talking about this? Sure, this is a crazy thing to have happened, but people OD every day. And the reason we're talking about this is because this actually got some national attention, and I was very glad to have Pookie here for this uh, segment last week, and I'm glad that Jack's here this week because this goes into something that you both do. 
it sparked a conversation about online communities and how much responsibility you have to assume for the behavior of other people on platforms that you boost and your also how responsible you are and, and you know, how much ownership you need to take of your behavior on the internet and how much harm that can really cause. Right. See, Ripper did this in front of multiple viewers on the internet. And while a lot of them were like, okay, buddy, this is not good. Yeah. There were several who were actively egging him on. And when I, I read some excerpts from the chat logs, we'll talk about more specifically what what this kind of was. Because the internet, from the beginning of time, has been always filled with shitbags. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's where the dicks hang out. Yeah. It's not, uh, not a great place. So, furthermore... Despite the fact that this was very definitely discussed in the chat logs, they all neglected to call anyone to get him help when yeah. it became clear he was in trouble because they were afraid that they would also get in trouble. Yeah, like it, to to put it to, like to 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 me to to make this all about me right now. Like if I was like getting like really really fucked up on Twitch, somebody would message my wife and be like, "Hey, your husband's really fucked up. You should at least go turn his camera off." <clears throat> yeah, and this is one thing like. I, I am very, I am genuinely very glad that you and Pookie, I know a lot of it is shared, have the online communities that you do. Yeah. Because I don't see something like this happening to one of you guys. No, I think they I, are generally very good people. Yeah. I mean, shit, one of your, you know, one of your Twitch followers, you followers bailed you out of that horrible puzzle situation you'd found yourself yeah. in. Yes. That was probably the most <laughs> ruinous thing you'd done. And they, they, you know, you <laughs> completely got saved from yourself on that one. Yes. But as I mentioned, um, Ripper did not have this. So let's uh, let's do just kind of we'll, we'll cut through some excerpts here of the yeah. uh, the chat log. Um, Ripper starts it off with I got a grip of drugs, uh, posts the link to the webcam. Um, Gurfish, that's a lot of Klonopin. <laughs> he then goes through lists what's in his stash um, and this this kid is who really pisses me off. This is somebody that was identified in this article as a teenager from Oklahoma. And oh, this teenager did. from Oklahoma smoke 2K. Eat more. That's not much. Eat more, pussy. And everyone else is like immediately telling him, hey, don't. Uh, this is after he's already chugged the first methadone bottle. Yeah. Ripper all the goods for a weekend of fun. Uh, this is usual weekend behavior. You all said I was lying. Meanwhile, people are in the chat going, someone call the paramedics. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of, hey, man, you're crazy. Uh, stay on webcam. I want to see if you survive. Fuck. <laughs> was actually one of the messages. That's way too dark. Uh, this is all happening before he hammers the rest of the method uh, methadone and clonopin. And when that happens, people really start losing their shit. Again, Smoke 2K is just losing his fucking mind. He thinks this is the coolest thing ever. That fucking Smoke uh, 2K. Ripper then, Smoke 2K is probably like a goddamn congressman now. Yeah. <laughs> and Smoke 2K has three kids in a backyard. Like he's he's like, I can't believe I got out of this. If you're that big of a sociopath, and like politics is the only real viable yeah. career path for you. Yes. Yeah, that or uh, working in health insurance somehow. Sure. Um. Ripper. Uh, he then posts his cell phone number in case anything goes wrong. His spelling is not very good by this point. 
Oh, he's fucking way. hammered. Yeah. I'm just amazed he can type. I'm amazed and he can find his keyboard. <laughs> there are other people in chat, and one of the users uh, named Host says, the way I see it, he's got two options. Get his stomach pumped or die. His next sentiment is, I'm damn sure not getting involved with the authorities. Well. Ripper continues to do still more drugs. And, um, yeah, it, it just kind of goes on like that until he passes out. And then everyone's like, there's a couple different users trying to convince someone to call 911. And Smoke and a bunch of these other people are like, fuck that noise. I ain't calling the cops and telling them that I was hanging out in a chat room about drugs. That's not going to happen. Yeah. This, um, unfortunately, one of them actually the era where that's probably just like just as criminally like incriminating. And one of the users actually said, I'm online with 911. Is this the right choice? Everybody in chat? No. And then, uh, I talked my way out of it, didn't give them any info. That's not suspicious at all. And this one user is still trying to, just begging somebody to call the authorities. Never does it themselves, though. Yeah, they've got a conscience, but not enough to do anything. Not, yeah. more, not more than so they're this... concerned about their legal liability. Yeah. <laughs> so at, this I'm guy... putting this out there that I wanted to call the cops. Yeah, so so this guy has just in front of a bunch of people he thought were his friends taken a shit fucking ton of drugs and then died. Um none of them is telling him not to do it or or trying in any reasonable way to get him help. Um the last thing he typed was I told you I was hardcore. Oh no. What a way to go. So yeah, so again this became, it wasn't a huge story in national media, but it was picked up in some places, and it became a conversation about what's really going on in some of these forums, and, you know, how many of these people acting out there, you know, to bring it to South Park for the third time this episode, the episode where it's revealed that Gerald Broflovsky is an internet troll. Yeah. This is where we kind of really start getting a, a real good look at that kind of behavior outside of people who engage in it. Um, this is really the first national press that kind of behavior got uh, in the era of the Internet. So it, it started this conversation about people being responsible online and, you know, what what you can and cannot reasonably morally do in that for which is a conversation which is still going on today. We talked about yeah. Jack being a Twitch streamer and having a wonderful community of followers and uh who are all I I think for the most part very very respectful. Yeah. Um I know you've had some incidents with some trolls hopping in there and and trying oh. to cause some trouble. I remember one in particular. Yeah, yeah. That was fucking yeah. bad. Um yeah. fuck that guy. But everyone else generally good people. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very good that you have that, but that that's a conversation that we're still kind of having today, especially in a world where you have Twitch streamers and people who do a lot more online. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's just it's a conversation that we needed to have. But to turn this kind of heavy ending into 
I'm not going to say pure levity because there is an element of darkness to this as well, but something a touch more whimsical. Gentlemen, if you were going to live stream your death, how are you going to do it? <clears throat> so, so this li I'm actually slightly modifying mine from last week because I think there's a better version of it. I've long since said, if I ever, if I ever do decide, you know, it's, it's, maybe it's my time to go. What I'm planning on doing, and, and uh, I'll get a GoPro and and uh, so people can can watch. I'm putting on a penguin costume. I'm going to the top of a very high building, and I am oh, jumping man. off and trying to fly. <laughs> One last bit. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, um, actually, I'll let Jack John go first. Yeah, I I'm gonna borrow Alex for mine, and and I hope he's okay with it. And I'm sure when I start explaining this, he'll be more on board. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna go live on Twitch. I'm gonna I'm gonna advertise it to get as much eyes on this as possible. Uh, you know, big, big big reaction stream, and and I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna, it's gonna go live. The camera's gonna come on, and it's gonna be me and Alex sitting on the couch together, with a a single TV in front of us. And Alex isn't gonna know what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna finally reveal to the world a DVD. It's going to be a copy of Now You See Me. <laughs> I'm going to play the DVD. Do I have a gun? And and see how long I can get through the DVD before Alex just hulks up and kills me. <laughs> so uh, I, I am I am kind of trying to think about what point in that movie I truly <laughs> is. Is it the shock of seeing the DVD where you kill me instantly, or do you let me play it? Boy. You know, yeah, it, it might be instant. What I'll say, I can probably, I can probably suck it up and make it until the twist at the end. Then <laughs> yeah, I'm that was fucking stupid. Then I'm like strangling you're, you. You're, like it's like a thermometer. We see the mercury in you boiling and rising before you just explode <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I've got the Don Vito thermometer going. <laughs> so for me, um, I am also going to use a GoPro. <laughs> And I'm going to attach it to my head, minor style. And then I am going to go on a roller coaster and stand up at the part you're not supposed to stand oh, up no. at. Oh, no. And then you are going to just watch the reactions of everyone reacting to my, my severed head yeah. flying down the tracks. Your body does one of two things. It either grossly and comically sticks to that girder that you just smashed your face into... Or you fall backwards perfectly into somebody else's lap. Uh, I, yeah, I think the head probably, like, if you stand up the I think the head goes flying, but I think my body sits there cleanly decapitated <laughs> next to... I'm going to make sure I get on next to, like, an old lady or, like, a small child or somebody like that. Yeah, small child, uh, scar them for life. The old lady's got not a left life left to scar. You know what? I'm dead, so quit your bitching. <laughs> I think, um, I think maybe the grandest version of that bit is to like spend a bunch of time like uh, uh, building yourself up as like a really like corny, overly earnest like uh, fast food review style YouTube guy, and then suddenly <laughs> one day it's uh, uh, streaming live from Schlitterbahn Water Park in Kansas City, oh, and you no. just see like the, the just a flood of comments like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone was decapitated there. It was too bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd make the bet even better to do it at some place that I already All these people who are like genuine fans of you who are just excited to see another video, and like the 10% of people who know what the fuck you're going to do, and they're just like, oh, fuck, no, 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 no. I just, I imagine the park's ownership just being like, <laughs> why? Why does this keep happening to us? Are the signs not clear enough? What do we have to do? Do we have to strap you to your seats? <laughs> All right. Good answers. Good answers all around. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, God, what an episode that was. I am exhausted. Uh, We're out of shape. Yeah. We, we hope we made it up to the uh, issues last week. We hope we made it up to all of you. Um, we, we certainly had a good time. So uh, to wrap all this up, let's do what we always do. Let's go around the horn and hawk our shit. Cody, where can the people find you? Uh, besides weekly right here on Here's a Guy, you can find me over on Twitter. I am at sonofgravy42069. Um, you can also find me over on um, not just Jack's Twitch channel on occasion, but also a brand new Twitch channel for a new little joint venture that we have, and I will let Jack tell you more about that. Sure, yeah. Jack, go ahead. You can find me on uh, Twitter at JackJohnJose. You can find me on Twitch at Jack John Plays Games and the newly established Here's an Adventure, where we go through all of our fun D and D escapades going forward. It's us uh, and our friend Pookie and his wonderful wife Kelsey. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, definitely be sure to check that out. Um, we've done one session so far, and uh, really, really like in the direction that we're heading in. And Pookie has built an incredible world for us. Um, and I, I think our characters are, are really kind of starting to, to gel together quite quickly in an interesting way. So it has all the makings of a, of a, of a, of a legendary one, if I do say so myself. I, I can't wait for my character, the, the overzealous pro wrestler, just to continue yeah. <laughs> to piss off Cody. So I actually, you'll get this. I made this joke with Pookie uh, last time because he got it. Alex wouldn't, but you're here and you would get it because you're another Dragon Ball Z fan. Yes. Your character so far is 100% just Mr. Satan. Yes, yes, I am Mr. Satan. Big uh, hulking, tool. big her hulking, tool. like, boisterous, but you've been totally useless in combat so far. <laughs> yes, Hercule for the American dub fans, but yes, no, um, in our first session, I talked a bunch of shit and literally hit nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you we... almost got beat up by a drunk at a bar. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we been so much fun. Yeah, we've got uh, yeah, the boisterous pro wrestler, a drunk uh, Scotsman, myself, who is I am a bird guy who can only uh, say things that other people have said to me before, um, and, and we also have a uh, Kelsey playing a craft beer enthusiast who uh, uh, correctly shakes her head at all of our ridiculous <laughs> antics. She, yeah, Kelsey really, I think, has the easiest job as far as role playing <laughs> because that's kind of what she does around us anyway. Yeah, so. So, yeah, we, we've all really gelled together in an interesting way already. Uh, quite a fun chemistry. And, as I mean, Pookie has spent so much time and effort building this lore. And I am really, really, really excited to see more and just learn more about this world that he's built. It's, it, I'm already getting, uh, I mean, shit, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. So definitely check in. Um, we'll have more episodes coming up. Um, it's going to be a blast. So tune in for that. You can find me on Twitter at Turpin for Prez. That's Turpin, the number four, P-R-E-Z. Follow the podcast account, Here's a Guy Pod. 
you want to, if we ever have any more incidents and you want to hear excuses in lifetime, <laughs> that is the way uh, to do it. So um, follow us on there. We have a Gmail account. It's here's a mailbox at gmail.com. Send us whatever you like. We like it enough, we'll read it on air. Um, so thanks for all of you for joining us and for having the patience. Um, hopefully you can forgive us for the transgressions last week. We, we, we tried to make it up with you. Hopefully we accomplished that. So um, be here with us next week for what will surely be another thrilling episode. But to wrap us up tonight, Cody, do you have a tagline? I do. All righty. Well, uh, without any further ado, let's bring us home. Cody, hit us with that tagline. Good night, everyone, and justice for Harry Balls. Bye, Daddies. <laughs>